Last night I had a nightmare. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the Mets. They they lost to the Padres. There's a, it's a different type of nightmare. I was back in the seminary. I was back as a student, and I, I was. I had to take this difficult exam, and I realized, oh my gosh, I, I didn't study. I'm not. I'm not prepared. It was very stressful. And then when I woke up, uh, I had to do like a reality check. Like, well, where am I? Like, who am I? And I realized, thank God, I, I'm a priest. And thank God, thank God, I'm a priest, you know, assigned to uh, this wonderful beach Catholic community. You know, in today's gospel, I saw a striking similarity. Uh, it was an obvious connection. It's the connection between today's gospel passage and the state of the church today in the U.S., uh, including including the, the state of the faith here in the barrier island. So one out of 10 lepers were healed. And how many of them uh, came back to Jesus to thank him? So one out of 10, that's uh, 10%. How many, how many Catholics in the barrier island you think are practicing are going to Mass on Sunday. Yeah, statistics tell us you know, around 10%. Is that a coincidence, you think? Let's, let's zero in on today's readings and take a closer look and learn you know, how we can be better disciples. So, in our first reading, this is the main takeaway. Naaman, who, was, um, who had leprosy, he was healed. He was healed precisely through the quelling of his pride and his submission to God's will. So this is a key, spirit, key spiritual principle. The only way to spiritual healing is through humility. In the gospel, 10 lepers cross, Master, have pity on us. This is a great mark, a great sign of humility. See, these lepers, they knew there was no cure, so they knew they couldn't heal themselves. They couldn't help themselves. They simply had to submit to the Lord in humility and trust. And that's the first step to spiritual healing. You know, to admit our weakness, to admit our powerlessness. And here again, we have a connection to the Mass, to this Mass. In the beginning, right, what did we say? Lord, have mercy. No, we're just like lepers, like these lepers in a sense. We're going to God, approaching God in humility and trust. Asking him to have mercy on us. And we see this important principle in the lives of countless saints. St. Therese of Lisieux, whose feast day we celebrated earlier this month, she said this, The beginning of all holiness is humbly admitting that without God we can do nothing. 
but that in, with, and through him, everything is possible. We even see this in various aspects of contemporary spirituality. I'm talking about the successful 12-step program of AA. No one can recover from alcoholism until one admits with honesty and humility that one is absolutely helpless over addiction and entrusts one's recovery to a higher power. And you know, this spiritual principle, we could apply it um, to all sin, to all darkness, addiction, and vice. And when we take this important first step of humility, we begin to heal. We begin to live well, to grow. There's uh, one common pitfall to humility, to the virtue of humility, and that's pragmatism. We like to take, we like to take pride, uh, pride ourselves on our practicality, on getting things done. You know, we're, we're task-oriented, and we feel everything is possible through hard work and sweat. But an exaggerated sense of pragmatism can stifle humility. Yes, God wants our honest work and effort, but unless the Lord builds the house, in vain do the builders labor. Isn't this why so many people give up on praying? It just doesn't seem like anything is happening, even after someone legitimately puts in the time and effort to pray for something or someone. You know, we want results now. We prefer the microwave spirituality. We put in the food, push the button, and in a few minutes, the meal is ready. But the Lord and the church prefers the crock pot. Let it brew, stew, be seasoned, simmered for hours, and then the meal is ready. By the way, and the food from the slow cooker is, is so much better. It beats the stuff from the microwave any day. You know, at times we can be like the nine lepers who think that the blessings we receive right, come from our own efforts and accomplishments. You know, and when we do that, we, feel we fail to see the providential hand of God at work. And in these moments of blindness, we also fail to give God praise and thanks. The truth is, everything in our lives, including life itself, is a gift from God. The one Samaritan, he had the further faith and humility to give thanks to God. He fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. Encountering the Lord, it changed the lives of the, of the ten men. For nine of them, it was, it was just a gift of health. But for the one, it became the gift of faith and a gift of a real relationship with God. So ultimately, we're all called to be like the Samaritan who's thankful not only for the gift that he receives, but above all, 
like the giver of the gift and the presence of God in his life who generously bestows such gifts. Our greatest act of thanksgiving is for Jesus himself. You know, the word for thanks in Greek is Eucharistine. And this is where we get the word Eucharist. So when the Samaritan, the one Samaritan, he praises God and offers his life at the feet of Jesus, he's essentially performing a Eucharistic action. And that moment of giving thanks and praise involved not only like his words, but also the offering of his very life. In the Eucharist, we acknowledge that in Jesus, the giver and the gift are one person. We also acknowledge that we don't deserve such a great gift and have no right to God's favor and grace. But because of such a humble attitude, the Lord heals and saves us. So this week, let's do an inventory check of our lives. You know, maybe we don't have everything we want, but we could all say we've been giving something by the Lord. You know, take for example, we have this beautiful place we call home, right? Long Beach, in this barrier island. And we have so much to be grateful for. So let's ask ourselves, do I have a grateful heart? Do I have a thankful heart? And then let's go to the feet of Jesus. Let's go to our Lord and offer our lives by living truly grateful lives.